0: The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic podcast, the 2023 NFL Draft is in the books, and there were a record 12 quarterbacks selected in the first five rounds. Mr. Irrelevant 2022 May have had a little something to do with that. You're behind the Michael, Michael Neal Jr. All right, we're back and we're ready. NFL historians and lovers of sports history, welcome in. This show is for you guys and gals. It's cool if you already know this stuff. Congratulations. All right, prizes for everybody. Just kidding, but there's always someone who does not know these things. Okay, this show is for those who don't know as much about NFL history. So we're here to enlighten, teach, and learn. This is the Behind the Mic podcast. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr. This show is presented by Belly Up Sports, Belly Up Media. Uh, the Billy Up Sports Podcast Network, BillyUpsports.com. You can catch us all, not just my show, but others in the Billy Up Sports family on the, the home base of Megaphone. All right. Also, the favorites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio and YouTube. So the 2023 NFL draft is over with. We're what? Two weeks removed from it. Uh, I did take uh, take last week off. I mean, as that draft had ended and we went into the next week, well, I mean, it's time to go get my son from school. We had to clean out his dorm and get him here. And uh, it's like, you know what? We're going to let this thing breathe and see how things level off. And we're going to stay on the draft kick at least for this week. And then we're going to move on to something else next week. But I thought it was really interesting um, reading an article that I read. Uh, reading an article that I read. Yeah, I read an article. Um, looking at an article – written by Dan Tracy of the Sporting News. And it was basically about the results of the quarterbacks taken in the 2023 draft, and he called it the Brock Purdy effect. Well, obviously there's a reason for that. Uh, So for those who are not aware, and you should be aware by now, I mean, what is the break? Uh, the Brock Purdy effect? Of course, we know he's the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, if you don't know what happened with the San Francisco 49ers in the 2022 season, well, you had Trey Lance, the third overall pick in the first round of the 21 NFL Draft. He breaks his ankle week two against Seattle. Then in comes the former starter that got them to the Super Bowl, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. He takes over. Well, he breaks his foot in week 13 against Miami. And then, you know, suddenly, Kyle Shanahan, it's not something that's new to him. He's had to do it before. He's down to another quarterback, a third quarterback. uh, And he's down to his third for the season. Again, not only does Brock Purdy take over, Mr. Irrelevant, okay, the last pick of the draft, uh, that 2022 draft last year, he comes in from Iowa State and being the absolutely last player taken, Not a whole lot was expected out of him. But then, too, from what Shanahan and the 49ers have done in the past, basically how being MacGyver and putting stuff together when you have all these broken pieces under center. And then not only does Purdy take over, he also uh, leads the 49ers to seven straight wins and a berth in the NFC Championship game. Of course, after completing his 1st Four passes against the Eagles. Uh, potential scoring drive. He rips up his passing elbow. He's progressing well, for those who don't know. But um, that's not the point. Here's what Purdy's numbers look like after, you know, he taken over as the starter. He was 67% in completion percentage, threw for 1,374 yards. This is regular season, 13 touchdowns and only four picks. So what does that affect? Well, 14 14- quarterbacks came off the board during this year's draft including you have the first rounders of course and some of them uh i mean they were expected that cj stroud and he was like stroud's gonna be the first pick and he's going he's going to the panthers they got him already in the panthers colors as, well no that what that did not happen bryce young uh who i personally do believe is the best quarterback in this draft was going into it but i mean look that's just me and i have respect for cj stroud um, but, um, I mean, it, it, happened the way that it happened. And I believe that these two guys can actually do something with their present teams. Uh, we'll see, we shall see. Uh, I do like Bryce Young better because he has Frank Reich as his quarterback coach and, uh, as his head coach and, uh, the, kind of the quasi quarterback. Quarterback coach being a former NFL quarterback. But you had Bryce Young to the Panthers out of Alabama, CJ Stroud, he goes to the Texans out of Ohio State. And then you had Anthony Richardson going to the Colts. These were the top three quarterbacks in the draft, you know, all along. These are the three best prospects that were always being pumped up. Well, although I had a little doubts about. Richardson but we know that his athletic ability is great and he does have great potential but we got to see it in between the lines on this level and these guys went one two and four respectively Will Levis who was expected to be a first round pick was all dressed up and was sitting in the back room and didn't get picked until the second day um he goes to the Titans dropped like a rock with oh hey, you know you got to play better you know during the end of the season and he played terrible <laughs> Uh, the tape doesn't lie, but, uh, Tennessee's Hernan uh, hooker who blew an ACL against South Carolina in his last game, they was expecting him to go before Levis, but I mean, things happen, but Hey, we don't know what these guys are going to do. We have no idea. I mean, we can. Prognosticate and guess and all of that stuff. We have no idea. That's part of what this show is about today. So you know, Detroit got them. I think a good quarterback. That whether he's the future or not, we have no idea. We'll find out. But I believe uh, during this draft, it was rounds four through seven, day three. You had all of these guys that started coming in. Some names, some maybe you don't. You're not as familiar with. I mean, everybody knows Stetson Bennett. The Rams grabbed him out of Georgia. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, Purdue, the Raiders snatched him up. And then you had Clayton Toon from Houston to the Cardinals. Dorian Thompson Robinson, quarterback out of UCLA, the Browns snatched him up. Sean Clifford, I think, was a very decent quarterback in college for, for state, in state college at Penn State. The Packers snabbed him in the later rounds. Jaron Hall from BYU with the Vikings. Tanner McKee, Stanford. He went to the Eagles. I think he's a project. Um, and then there's Max Dugan, who I personally thought should have been selected a lot higher. And I had a very newfound respect, not not, not just the fact that I watched about every play, every game he played this season, but the the way he played against Michigan. That was great. I mean, they got bounced in the playoff, but I mean, it is what it is. But uh, I think he's with a good squad out of TCU with the Chargers. The 12 quarterbacks selected in the first five rounds set a record for that span. But one of my main references for the show is that article that was written by dan tracy in this sporting news and he talked about how the brock purdy effect impacted the nfl draft this year and the answer can be found in this one simple fact a record 64 the nfl record okay 64 quarterbacks started games in 2022 so he had a lot of backups that had to fill in one of the highlighted quarterbacks that was selected along with this you know uh, with Brock Purdy in the seventh round was Miami scholar Thompson, who was selected ahead of Purdy. Obviously, uh, he came, although his numbers weren't great, and they're actually playing it on NFL Network right now today. Um, when he came close to beating the Bills in the playoffs, uh, down what 17 and three at one point. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, jo- uh, Josh Allen, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, and Kirk Cousins—they started all their games. And then there's the list of the guys that started most of the season, maybe missed a couple in between, like Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Davis Mills, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, uh, and Daniel Jones, and um, Joe Flacco. They missed a little time. But then you had the guys that missed a lot of time. Kyler Murray blew a knee. Marcus Mariota, Lamar Jackson, knee injuries. And then eventually they sent Mariota packing for good. Baker Mayfield was cut, resurfaced in L.A., um but Matt Ryan was benched Jacoby Brissett well I mean you paid Deshaun Watson all that money you, you got that contract from Houston he's going to play when he's eligible after the suspension Derek Carr he got benched Matt Stafford spinal cord contusion two attack of our uh attack Ioloa, two concussions wasn't great Jameis Winston he had some fractures in his back and then Mitchell Trubisky Simply put, Kenny Pickett, the first-round pick, right? And then Ryan Tannehill, he missed some time with that ankle. Carson Wentz, he broke his ring finger, came back, and then Washington benched them. So then there's the other draft classes that you've seen in the past. Um, But when you have these guys that you bring in, you obviously are bringing your draft players to get better, right? So you're bringing quarterbacks in really to change your franchise. and Some of them are more like I like to call duct tape they're just there to hold things together to the real thing comes along okay the duct tape or scotch tape whatever you want to call it, is, is some tape that's not going to last very long even though duct tape is pretty strong um but it's not the real thing so i had i got to looking at some of the other draft classes and the one that was mentioned was really the 1976 nfl draft class when they brought in the most i'm like who brought in the most quarterbacks in a draft class it was in 1976 you had 17 rounds of this yeah i got my notes 17 rounds and 487 players were selected in that draft so I mean, we only have seven so we like 10 off of that right well there was only three hall of famers in that class out of nearly 500 players selected nearly 490 players and that was mike haynes he was a defensive back and then of course Leroy selman and star steve largent uh these guys uh, actually Selman and Largent, they, they came in during that um, that expansion for the Seattle Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and I'll get to that in a second. But out of all of these, these players that were selected, and it was mostly these Hall of Famers that put these numbers out there, six All-Pro selections and 26 Pro Bowlers. 26 quarterbacks were selected in that draft. 26. That's a lot even for a 17 round draft, I would think. You know what I mean? And then only nine actually played. Yeah, they got picked, they picked that many, but most of them did not play. They did not play. And of those nine that actually played, there's two of note. Richard Todd played with the New York Jets for 8 years, played 10 years in the league. His last two with New Orleans. He was a first round pick, the lone first round pick, I believe. Um, he was selected sixth overall out of Alabama. He played from 76 to 85, threw for over 20,000 yards. Uh, he had more touchdowns, I mean, interceptions than touchdowns, 124 to 161. And he was, he was all right. You know, Jet fans, you know, they, they would say, okay, you yeah. know. But, uh, I mean, he was okay. Uh, he wasn't great. Okay, let's just put it that way. He was decent, but he wasn't great. Okay, um, never really took. The Jets to it. He never. They never got to a Super Bowl. He didn't do a Joe Namath right. Um, but that same year was a seventh round pick out of Mississippi Valley State. One of the few African American quarterbacks to get a shot was Pernell Dickinson. And I thought it was also interesting to read quotes from John McKay in a newspaper article. He said that our, he was that Dickinson was quote our number two quarterback prospect in the country behind Richard Todd of Alabama. Well, Dickinson was the backup to Steve Spurrier. He, you know, he got this guy um, that that's a great athlete and has a pretty decent arm as well. But he's backing up the Heisman Trophy winner and Steve Spurrier. And but the crazy part is, is I mean, you had guys that got injured and they were 0 for 14. Remember, they didn't win a game until the next season. Well, <laughs> per- uh, Pernell Dickinson actually threw the first touchdown pass in Buccaneers history, which actually was his only touchdown pass because that was the only year he played the only year uh and uh i mean you you would like to have seen him play a little bit longer since he was the number two prospect for your team but i mean you know go figure at least they gave they got doug williams and things were a lot better but looking at that the way that classes can be you know just it doesn't matter how many you pick it's not about the what what what's the the sign? the same It's not about the quantity, it's the quality, right? It's about the quality of players that you pick. And I also looked up another article, and this one was written uh, by NBCSports.com's Logan Reardon. And he talked about the best and worst quarterback draft classes in NFL history. And this was actually written, what, about a week before the draft. So I thought that this was really interesting Of course. You look at 1983 as being the best. He had the best, the worst, the best, the worst, the best, the worst. Then he had a sleeper at the end. We'll get to that in order. And I'm gonna go in the order in which he wrote it. So in 1983, we all know how great that quarterback class was. It was John Elway who didn't want to play. He was the first pick of the draft, the consistency, number one overall player in the draft. But you have three Hall of Famers, the only quarterback class that has three Hall of Famers in it, and there may be another. We'll get to that in a second. Only Hall of Fame class, uh, only quarterback class with three Hall of Famers in it. You had John Elway, Jim Kelly, then you had other guys in the middle like Tony Eason and Ken O'Brien, then of course the last quarterback in the first round selected was Dan Marino who was only the greatest passer (laughs) of all time by the time he retired. So, you know, he had all the numbers. John Elway, he and um jim kelly as well as marino they all went to super bowls elway you know he was 0 for 3 before he won the last two his last two seasons kelly went to four straight didn't get a w but he took a team to four straight for super bowls as their quarterback you know what i mean dan marino he only had the one uh what the the next year his second year um but still was great we've talked about the dolphins before but Tony Eason, he wasn't, I mean, other than him uh finishing what sixth in MVP voting in 1986, and 85, he actually upset Dan Marino and the Dolphins on their way to getting their the brakes beat off of them by the Chicago Bears in Super Bowl 20. But Ken O'Brien, who actually was a pretty decent quarterback in his own right, 10 years he played. You know, he mostly he played with the Jets. Two Pro Bowls, and you actually had a record of eight and seven against Marino and the Dolphins. That's pretty good. 2007, bad. All right, so let's get this out of the way. You had jamarcus Marcus Russell. And one thing I thought about with Jamarcus Russell was the fact that I thought the dude needed to stay in school one more year. Of course, he forgo he go four goals his last year at LSU, and decides, you know, well, strike while the iron is hot. He was right. Truth be told, and he just beat another first-round quarterback who didn't pan out to do very much. I know him more, do it having more success as an analyst for Fox College football. <laughs> Brady Quinn. So and the fact that they beat the brakes off of them in that bowl game off of Brady Quinn and Notre Dame. Uh, what was it, 41 to 14? In that guy, I think it was the sugar bowl or something, I can't remember, but I mean, other than that, more Jamarcus Russell lasted three years in the league. He wasn't good, he didn't, I don't think he took it seriously, obviously, and things did not pan out at all. And then, I mean, you could go through and look at the other quarterbacks that were selected, like Kevin Cobb and John Beck. Matt Moore was actually the best quarterback out of that class, and he was undrafted. He played these years as a backup for, what, Carolina, Miami, and Kansas City. I think he played a total of about 10 years in the league. So, I mean, it it was pretty bad. And he says it himself that Tanner says himself that it's really bad when, excuse me, Reardon, not Tanner. Reardon says himself in his article that it's not a good sign when the best quarterback from your class was undrafted. And Matt Moore, he made only 32 starts, but he threw 49 touchdowns and 36 interceptions. You know, he had a 16-16 and 16 regular season record when he did play and start. 66 uh, 60% completion percentage. I mean, 7,500 yards. Uh, I mean, the numbers weren't great or whatever, but he was a lifetime backup, and he was not terrible. But, I mean, he was one of the better ones. But then the 2004 NFL Draft class, pretty much, I uh, like it, uh, almost a mirror image-esque, of the 1983 class. You had Eli and Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger and then also guys like Matt Schaub who came through. And Of course, Eli, just like Elway, did not want to play for the team that drafted him. He ended up getting traded. You know, he, he didn't want to play for San Diego. He gets traded. And both of these guys, between Rivers and and the, and um, Eli Manning switching from the Giants to the, the Chargers and the Chargers to the Giants. I mean, it worked out. I mean, Eli won two Super Bowls, so and Phillip Rivers put up numbers and was a consummate pro. Um, I mean, it, it was injuries and just bad luck really got in the way of the Chargers. I mean, they had some really good teams. They just couldn't beat the Patriots, <laughs> to be honest. And then Big Ben, he's got two Super Bowls in his pocket and, and with three, uh, three trips, and uh, the guy retired as the Steelers' all-time leading passer. And then there's Matt Schaub, who was selected in the third round. He spent that time with, as Michael Vick's backup in Atlanta, only to move over to Houston after proving himself, you know, be a capable guy on the field. He's the starter for Houston seven seasons out of the 16 years that he played, made two Pro Bowls. That's pretty good. He even led the league in passing one year, attempts, completions, and yards. He almost threw for 5,000 yards in 2009. So that's pretty good for the 2004 class. Then there was the 96 class, trash. If, if anyone remembers the 96 class, it was not about quarterbacks. Keyshawn Johnson was the first pick in the draft as a receiver out of USC. And he had Jonathan Ogden and Ray Lewis, Marvin Harrison, Zach Thomas, T.O. Terrell Owens, Brian Dawkins, all Hall of Famers and guys like Eddie George, um, who may be Hall of Famers one day, but there was eight quarterbacks taken in that draft and didn't start till the second round, I believe. And the best one out of that bunch was Tony Banks, who played with the St. Louis Rams, was a starter, and uh, he got replaced. He got replaced twice with the Rams and with the when he moved on to the Ravens by two Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. I mean, Trent Dilfer, also the defense, then it was him. <laughs> His job was to maintain the offense and not mess it up, hand the football off and don't turn the ball over like he did to Tampa Bay but uh the first the first one was he had to give the ball to kirk warner so kirk warner ended up being a hall of famer uh and he got replaced twice and then there was uh damon Hewitt, lifetime backup yeah so he was another one out of that class and then danny cannell he was pretty good when he was with florida state but i know him more so when he was giving bad takes on espn radio <laughs> i mean i like danny but man some of the stuff he says is insane. Woo, wow calm down 2012 class really good that was a really good class that was the one with rg3 and of course the first pick overall was andrew luck rg3 won offensive player offensive rookie of the year excuse me and uh i mean until that playoff game that that torn acl against Uh, Washington, he was never the same after that. That was his rookie year. He should have pulled him. God, I still say that to this day. They should have pulled him. Mike, why didn't you pull him? Uh, Andrew Luck, you know, he makes four Pro Bowls, and he just said, look, I'm tired of getting hurt and tired of getting knocked down and all over the place, man. You're not bringing offensive linemen in here fast enough. I'm out. I mean, (laughs) I got this Stanford degree. Let's go. I'm out of here, man. You know? And and and." The, the Washington football team had a ram in the bush, you know, with RG3 being injured. I mean, Kirk Cousins was his backup. Kirk Cousins got drafted that same year. So, and then there's Nick Foles. And, you know, as far as on the note of Kirk Cousins, I mean, the man to throw the football. Is he going to win big games? Probably not. But uh, the guys are pretty decent. Quarterback. He's a decent quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, but he's a decent quarterback. But Nick Foles, I mean, a weird career, just like Trey Wingo tweeted. He did, he, he's had a weird career. I don't know if he's officially going to retire or not, but uh, I mean, his second year with Philly in 2013, he throws 27 touchdowns and only two picks. He's traded to the St. Louis Rams, where he stinks it up seven touchdowns and 10 picks, and he's a what has a four and seven record and he's contemplating retirement only to resurface with the kansas city chiefs the next year that was 2015 to 2016 and then 2017 he goes back to the eagles he's the backup to carson Wentz. Wentz blows his knee and it's all right because they already won the division and they they're set up real well but Foles takes over and takes them all the way to the super bowl and he wins mvp himself wow you know what i mean and then he turns into a journeyman quarterback Jaguars, Bears, Indy, Indy released him a couple of days, almost five days ago, four days ago, and he's out the door. I was watching ESPN, and I'm like, man, that is a weird career. <laughs> they got to talking about that, you know. And Wingo says uh, that the number was oh that he has the least amount of starts for those who care. <laughs> he has the least amount of starts for any Super Bowl winning quarterback most super bowl winning quarterbacks have at least 75 he only had 58 so you know he's not going to necessarily turn your team around that's just not what he's about right so um and even uh you know I, i gotta go back to the 2012 i can't can't just put sweep that under the rug there's ryan Tannehill. i mean he's right here in my hometown here in nashville and to be a former wide receiver turned to a quarterback, I think he's actually pretty good, no matter what the fans tell you. You know, the fans are going, he stinks, he sucks. You know, no, he doesn't. He's actually pretty, pretty good. He's, he's a capable quarterback. He's just one of those that he needs a lot more help than most. He can win your game. Yeah, anybody that's trying to, tr- trying to do too much can lose your game. But, you know, it, it is what it is. But he's turned into a capable starter between the Dolphins and the Titans. But then there's the 2013 class. 2013 class: P, U, EJ Manuel. I'm gonna skip this for second name: Glenn, uh, Mike Glennon, Matt Barkley, and Landry Jones. Barkley was last seen with the Buffalo Bills. They, these guys, I mean, they, they weren't they weren't the best. They were they just weren't they weren't the best. Uh, but Geno Smith who was selected, you know, 39th overall um, in the second round, he, he's turned his life around. I say his life, his football life. He's turned from being a quarterback that just just waited on him to screw up, whether it was with the Jets, Giants, or whoever. And now with the Seahawks, he turned into a Pro Bowler. I'm just so proud of him. If you listen to the show this past season, all I did was root for Geno Smith. I want to see him do as good as possible so and and he did it and I, and it got him a good payday and i think he's going to continue on that traje- trajectory on improving now whether the seahawks turn into uh, a playoff team this year and move forward and you know progress i think they can barring injury i think they can and then lastly reardon has his sleeper the 2020 nfl quarterback draft class joe burrow Tua attack justin herbert jordan love jalen hurts now two of these quarterbacks although they lost have taken their teams to the super bowl burrow and hurts burrow at least both of these guys had a chance to win it their teams were in it okay their teams were in it and then tua <clears throat> i mean the guys got to stay healthy i mean another concussion i'm like dude just just stay home i'm just being honest that's just my honest opinion i normally leave my opinion out of these things but that's a guy that is that's, that's it's scary to see that. And it happened to him twice in the same season. So I'm just praying that the guy stays healthy. He actually has turned into a better quarterback. And see what happens when you put some pieces around him and you get a little bit better coaching? That's what happens, okay? Justin Herbert, I'm waiting on him to turn. Yeah, he had two games where he, he didn't even throw a touchdown pass. And I know that. Why? Because, one, I watched the games but two he was my fan one of my fantasy quarterbacks and he cost me <laughs> he cost me uh jordan love yeah, jury's out A A-A aaron is in jet green so you have the packers green and yellow we'll see what he does going forward I mean, we have no idea but that that is something uh that's that, that's going to be exciting to see hopefully he stays healthy uh but as far as this class the 2023 class how that pan out Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Stenson Bennett. Who, who's going to be the one that actually turns out to be pretty good? Who's going to be the Super Bowl winner? Are these guys going to be bad? What is this class going to look like? I don't know. That's a lot of quarterbacks selected. Um, it's a pretty pretty good, thick class. And could it be like a Max Duggan or a Tanner McKee who was selected low? Duggan, Duggan was was the, uh, the last one selected. Maybe it was someone who was undrafted. Adrian Martinez of Kansas State, he's with the Detroit Lions. Malik Cunningham from Louisville, he's with the Patriots. Tommy DeVito from Illinois, New York Giants have given him a shot. Pittsburgh brought in Minnesota's quarterback Tanner Morgan. I've seen these guys, watched them in college. And then there's someone who's unknown, like Delaware's Nolan Henderson, or the you know he's with the Ravens. And then there's UT Martin's, not that far from where I'm at. Dresser win. He's with the Rams. We have no idea, but it's going to be fun watching it all unfold. That's it. References. Thanks to ProFootballReference.com. Also, NBCSports.com. Logan Reardon's article that was written April 21st, 2023, ranking the best, worst quarterback draft classes in NFL history. Very fun read. Also, the Florida Times Union. This is headline, very few NFL quarterbacks started all 17 games in 2022. We break down all 32 teams. This was by Tim Walters, January 9th, 2023. Also, The Athletic, this article, NFL Draft 2023 quarterback selections peak, most picked by around five, by around five since 1995. I sound like a baseball announcer. (laughs) The Sporting News, Dan Tracy, Quarterbacks taken in 2023 NFL Draft. How Brock Purdy effect led to record run of quarterback draft picks. This was May 1st, 2023. My rent was due. Lakeland Ledger. This is a newspaper article. It's really old. Uh, McKay Happy with First Day Workout. This was written by Patrick Zier. Ledger Sports Edger, editor. Excuse me, Edger. Editor. April 18th. 1976, the year before I was born. This has been the Behind the Mic Podcast. I'm your host Michael Neal Jr. This show again is presented by Belly Up Sports, the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Belly Up Media, bellyupsports.com Go to that website, click on it, check out the merch, the articles as well as the shows. You catch those shows, especially mine, on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. You better tell all of your friends and family about my show. I told you I work for FedEx. I will find you. I will find your house. I'm out.